Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Let's go to our key verse in Isaiah chapter 43. It says, it says in this verse 18, forget all that. He's talking about forget everything he's done in the past. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create, create rivers and dry wastelands. And I believe that God is, in these days, going to send a new move of God upon the church and upon the, this nation. I believe God's going to do some tremendous work there. But church, are we investing in the next generation? Are we investing in the next generation? Are, are we living in, a, we're living in a time that many people do not have a moral compass, compass in their life? They have no direction. They, they just do whatever they want to do. And, you know, the scripture talks about the last days. And I know a lot of people say, well, I've heard that for years. I want to tell you, from what I look in the scripture and I look at our society, I look at our world around us, it's never been like this before that I can ever remember. I believe we, God is winding things down. But, but if the Lord tarries, I want the next generation to know God, to walk with God, to, to have an, uh, an encounter with God. Amen? Amen? So look what Isaiah said. And Isaiah, uh, talking about last days, he says, he said, look at this. He says, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. Does that sound familiar today? That darkness is light and light is dark. The bitter is sweet and the sweet is bitter. I don't know about you, church. That seems like where we're at today. And our world has gone crazy. Our world has gone crazy. And we have to be willing to, to make a difference. See, as our world goes crazy, Isaiah, Isaiah, as Isaiah was speaking, let's take a look at what Paul said. There are some things that Paul said about the last times as he was trying to encourage Timothy. Now, if you go into 1 Timothy, the church seems to be going well. But all of a sudden, in the latter part of that, in 2 Timothy, you find out that persecution breaks out against the church. People are leaving. They're, they're having a tough time. And now look what Paul says to Timothy. And I, I just think this relates to us today. He says in th- verse 1, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there, it, there will be very difficult times. He says, for people will be lovers only, love only themselves and their money. They will, bo- they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Does that sound like a, us today? Yeah. He says, and then verse 3. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now look at that, church. This seems like to be the mindset of today's world. And church, we've got to do something about that. The church, it starts with the church. It doesn't start outside. It starts with the church. Now look at what their attitude toward the word would be, the word of God will be in these last days. Paul writes about it. As he's talking to Timothy, he's telling him, stay the course. No matter what people are doing, you stay the course. Even if they don't listen to you, you do what's right. In other words, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you're the pastor, so be the pastor of the church. Don't cave in. Don't give in. Now look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 4. He said, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead, living, uh, the living and the dead, when he appears to set up his kingdom. 
preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with, God, with uh, good teaching. For a time will come when people will not, no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Paul is telling Timothy, you preach the word. You stay with the word. And church, today we see in our churches across America the, the liberalism that has taken over. We see things happen in our churches that we thought would never happen in our churches. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy the way we are today in this world. But here's the thing. We've already lost. I believe we've lost one generation already. You know, we're no longer considered a godly, a, a godly nation any longer. Even though we have the motto, under God we trust. Our world has gone, our, our America has gone in a totally different direction. And here's the, tra there's a tragedy that takes place. And the tragedy is, if we don't invest in our young people, we will lose them. We will lose them. Look what, when Joshua was alive, and he was alive and all the elders around him, I mean, the people of God served, served God and they walked with God. But it says once Joshua died, that generation died out. Look at uh, Judges 2.10. Uh, he says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for them in Israel. See, church, if we don't stick to the word of God and live the life that God has called us to live, we're showing the next generation that you don't have to live this way. You can do whatever you want if we're not holding the standard now. Now, look what he says. The Israel, it says the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the image of Baal. He said in verse 12, they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them. And they angered the Lord. Church, we have a generation at stake here right now. You believe that? Yes. We have young people that have never really encountered God. And it's a tragedy if we don't invest in our young people. It's a tragedy if you and I don't, do not begin to get the word of God in their lives. See, the tragedy is when there's no investment, the next generation will become just like the world. Church, we are on the verge, I believe, if we're not careful, of losing another generation. We are on the verge of losing another generation. We are, we are a generation that, that, that we have a generation now that's all about my happiness and about me. I mean, that's where we're at right now. And we've got the spiritual climate in our country has changed drastically. Unless the church begins to invest our time in our children and our children's children to look into God's word and begin to live according to the word of God, we will lose this generation. See, church, if our country continues the way we're going right now, we will see another generation lost. Let's not repeat the mistakes that we've made in the past. You may say, well, what mistakes did we make? Well, let me just give you a few mistakes that we have made that has affected and impacted generations. Number one, we sat back and let prayer be taken out of school. Did nothing about it. Did nothing about it. We just sat back and watched that happen. We don't, parents and family are, are not staying involved in their kids' lives. 
They don't, the kids try to, uh, they're, they're, when they get in rebellion, they want to shut, shut you off. You know, there was times my, ch- my kids would be upset with me and go down to their room and begin to do different things. And you know what? I would just go right down to the room and sit there with them, whether they liked it or not, and just sit there and with them. Because I wasn't going to let them shut me out. Church, and moms and dads in this room, listen to me this morning. Be involved in your kid's life. Be involved in their life. Know what they are they're learning in school. Know what they're learning at, at church. Get in their lives. Ask the questions. But none of that. There's other mistakes. That's just two of them. Uh, trusting the schools and teachers to educate our children. See, instead, they, instead of teaching what they should be teaching, the teachers, a lot of them, not, we've got some good teachers, don't get me wrong. But instead, they begin to lead and indoctrinate our kids with a socialist mindset. Are we seeing it today in America. We're seeing it today in America, church. And then we have absentee parents. They don't show up for anything. They're not involved with kids. We have more, pe- more kids up for adoption that's been abandoned by kids, I think, than we've ever had in America. I thank God for the, for the, the families in our church that is dealing with in foster care and keep taking kids in and loving on them and, t- and, so, and even adopting them. I, I thank you for that. Because where else would those kids be? Where else would they be, church? See, church, not only that, divorce and broken families has gone rapid in America. We men and women go into uh, the marriage and think, well, if this, if this doesn't work out, I'll just abandon this one and I'll find somebody who listens to me. What about commitment? What about the vows that you took? What about the idea that you were going to stay true to that person that you that you married? Well, it's shameful when we see men and women both walk out of a marriage and abandon their entire families and never, talk, never contact them again. See, we need moms and dads to get a vision from God for your family. You need to get a vision from God for your family. Then lead your, your kids in the Word. Get it into their hearts. Build a foundation in your kids that will, that will be able to stand no matter what the world tries to throw at them. Build that foundation. See, the parent that makes that decision is a parent that said, I am the one who sets the spiritual climate in my house. How many know, mom and dad, you are the one that sets the spiritual climate? You are the one that has to make a difference. Just like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Have you made that decision? As we, if we're living in the last days, church, we believe we've got a short time. If we have such a short time, we better start today investing in our kids. See, you are, are you investing? Are you investing in kids? Are you investing your time to get the word deposited into your kids? Look at what God, look at what God speaks through Moses about making a deposit in your kid's life. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says this, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God. Now, you can put your name in there. Listen, Gary, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And look at verse 6. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. And then look what he says. Repeat them again and again to who? To your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them on your hands and wear them on the forefront of, uh, as a reminder. Church, 
a lot of times we say, well, the youth group's doing that, or our children's ministry's doing that. Yes, but they're helping out, but you have the greatest influence on your children. You're the one. You have to set the spiritual climate. Because what compromise you have in your life today will become an actual way of life for your children. It will. Because they're going to follow. You are the greatest example to them. And you and I, we need to teach the Word of God to them. When, I mean, that should be the priority in our life is preaching, and, or not preaching, but helping them to get the Word of God in their life. See, our kids need you and I to invest in their spiritual journey. See, this generation needs an encounter with the living God. They need an encounter with the living God. See, I never intended my kids to live on my spiritual experience. You know what I did as a parent? I always, my kids, I tell them, okay, you're going to go to youth camp. I don't want to go to youth camp. You're going. That's, that's, not, our, that's not a decision. That you make. Kids say, I don't want to go to church. Get, get your honey in the car, you're going to church. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It's time for, it's time, mom and dad, you set the spiritual climate. You make, you make it happen. I mean, I heard one guy say, he said, I told my mom I was sick and I couldn't go to church. She said, go throw up and prove it that you're sick. He comes out of the road. She comes out. And says, oh. She says, now don't you feel better? Get in the car. We're going to church. <laughs> Sometimes the parent needs to be the parent. You're not, you, you'll be their best friends later on in life. They will come back and tell you, thank you for what you did. And then they will raise their kids that way and bring them up in church to know the Lord. Church, this is, this is something we, we better change or we're going to lose them. I don't want to lose one young person out of this church to the devil. I don't want to lose one young person. You're going to see them go to hell because they rebelled against God and against your parents. You, they don't have to. Stay involved in their lives. Love them. This, when you love them, you discipline them. Matter of fact, I was reading Proverbs the other day. It talks about the rod of correction is not going to kill them. Sometimes they need a good swat on the rear end. I know that's not popular today. <laughs> Tell little Johnny, take a time out. Now, sometimes timeouts are good, but you know what? Not all the time. Sometimes it, I, I know I said I would never spank my kids. Well, I did. <laughs> But, you know, I never had to go get one of them out of jail. <laughs> never. I know this is not popular to some of you. But you know what? I think we're, I, I want to see mom and dad become the spiritual leader. I want to see the grandparents become spiritual leaders. That you're willing to talk with your kids and be there with them. See, I wanted my kids to have a new experience with God. See, I want well, see when they when they encounter God for themselves, it becomes new to them and real to them. Amen. When they encounter it, they don't want it. I don't want them living on my coattails. That's not what's going to get them there. See, I believe God is going to send a move of the Spirit, and people are going to be set ablaze with the power of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. This generation needs an encounter with God, 
And I want to see a new wave of the Spirit of God move across these young people. The prophet Joel prophesied this, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. See, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit began to be poured out. And so, church, understand this. 2,000 years later, the Spirit of God is still being poured out. He has not stopped pouring out His Spirit. And we need to get our kids into the spirit realm and to get to see lives changed. Now, this is, listen, my opinion, okay? No sporting event or any activity is more important should be more important to parents and grandparents than getting their kids into the presence of God. I mean, my kids played sports. I understand that. But you know what? I was more concerned about was, I, was my kid going to serve God? I would tell him, when he, I would, Garrett, we want to play sports and do something. I'd say, listen, you, you can't do it on Sunday. That's just it. You weren't doing it on Sunday. Because you know what? You're going to go and be in church. And you know what? It didn't hurt him. He still played. But no sports or activity should be more important than getting your kids into the presence of God. That they can experience what it means to encounter God that is new and fresh to themselves. See, God is wanting to do something new in your family. I really believe that. We're talking about the, God, the new, uh, and I believe God wants to do something new in your family. But I also believe God is waiting for mom and dad to stand up and say, we, we're setting a standard. We're setting a spiritual climate in our house. We're not going to let our house any longer be ran over by, by the powers of the darkness. But we're going to stand in the light. And we're making a stand. See, church, our kids need to be in the presence of God. I believe God is wanting to, to do something new in this generation. I believe God wants to bring a fresh revival to this generation and God is looking for men and women who will still will invest in this generation and see their lives burning see our young people burning with passion for the king of kings and the lord of lords see I believe this is going to happen and some people may say well how is this going to happen didn't Jesus say I would build my church and the gates of hell would not be able to stand against it so how is he going to build the church? He's going to build the church through the church. Not the building, you, the church. He's going to build it through the church. Matter of fact, look over with me in the book of Titus. Titus gives us some great insight here about what the, how we should be operating. And, so, and we're doing some of it, but we're not doing all of it. Look at verse 1, starting with verse 1. As, you know, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach older men to exercise self-control and be worthy of respect and live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, he says, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. The older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. To live wisely and to, and to be pure, to work their house, to work in their house and do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So listen, to, he says, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and let and you yourself must be an example to them. He said, Titus, you should you got to be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and the seriousness of your teaching. Think about what he's just said here. And there's, we'll look on to other things. He, he says the, the young men and the young women, 
they that the, uh, those who are older should be a mentor in a sense. In other words, that's what a mentor invests in some, in people. Are you investing in your children? I know we, we all love our kids, and we don't want to see them lost, but we've got to build, build the church. Amen? See, church, he's going to build his church by using the church to invest in this next generation. Just as Paul told Titus that the older women are to teach the younger women and the older men are to invest in the young men. If we don't, we'll lose this generation to the world. I don't know about you, but I, I want to lead this generation into the new that God has for them. I want to lead them into the new that God has for them. That this whole thing of having a relationship with God would be real in their hearts. It may be real in your heart, but is it real in your kids' hearts? See, I don't know. I, I just want to, I want this generation to have their own encounter with God. That they will know a new and a fresh from Him. See, I'm asking God to send a revival to the church. I really am. I've been praying, asking God, send revival to the church. I'm, at, uh, I, well, I'm asking this. The reason I'm asking this is I, I want our young men and young women to have a personal encounter with God. The Spirit of God would become real in their lives. That the next generation would be able to lead the generation after them to their encounter with God. See, church, we need to determine today. We need to determine today that we're not going to lose another generation. I'm not going to lose my grandkids. I'm not going to lose my, any of my kids. I'm going to stand. I don't, I, for this church, as a pastor, I don't want to lose one child. I want to see every one of them serve God to the fullest. That's the reason we have the ministries that we have for our children. I know this is a family service today. We had everybody in. But you know what? We got some of the smaller ones in classrooms. That's the reason we have uh, Casey. She's our, she's our full-time children's ministry director, doing an outstanding job. Amen. She's, we, have, we, have, we have Commander Bruce and his team of, of men mentoring young boys. We have Sarah Fournier who takes care of the, the, the ch- girls' ministry and running that ministry. Thank God we have homeschool here's available that they can come and be educated and, and be out of the... If you, some people are tired of the system that, that we're seeing in public schools. We have a, we have a, 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 a homeschool that can make it, help you to teach your children if that's what you so desire to do at home. And Michelle Cavanaugh heads that up there. And we give her thanks. You know, there, we have ministries in the church specifically to help with kids. We have nursery workers volunteering and working over there. And they're not just, uh, I don't want them just to be set in a nursery. I want them to be taught. See, church, there's a lot of things happening around this world, and this world's gone crazy. And the only thing that really makes sense to me anymore is the church. It's the church. Because evil is still evil. Dark is still dark. And bitter is still bitter. You can call it whatever you want to, but that's what the Word of God says. Amen? In our society today, people are, people are saying what's going on in the church is, is hurtful. I mean, they really are. We're bigots because we don't agree with the socialist mindset or we don't agree with the world's standard. Because why? The Word of God is our standard. The Word of God is what we live by. The Word of God is the, is the, is the, is the 
yardstick by which we measure everything by. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I don't want it. Look what Ezekiel 22.30 says. Jump up, jump that one. Just, it's, it's, she'll burn it up on the board in just a second. He says, I look for someone who might rebuild the walls of righteousness that g- guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall. In other words, there's a breach in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. I don't know about you. That's a, that's a very tragic statement, too. Will the church stand up and rebuild the walls of righteousness? They're called sin, sin. But not doing it, not doing it hateful, but in love. Loving the world that is broken. How many of the world is acting just like a broken world should act? But you know what's really sad is when we, the church, start acting just like the broken world. Where's the righteous standard? Where's the, where's the people who say, I'm, gonna, I'm dedicated to rebuild the wall of righteousness? And then he says, I look for someone to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap means there's a hole, there's been a breach. But you're willing to stand in the gap and say, I'm not going to allow this to happen any longer. I'm not going to sit back and watch my grandkids or my kids be beat up by this world and lost, for the, uh, lost into hell. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm standing in the gap by praying. There, you see throughout Scripture where Moses stood in the gap at times for the children of Israel. Different ones stood in the gap and they prayed and interceded for God on, the, on behalf of others. If you've never prayed for your, for your children or your grandchildren in the past or, or young people involved... Get a burden for this. It's in my heart. I don't want to lose anyone. I want to see every one of those little ones brought into the kingdom. See, church, let us be the ones that are willing to stand in the gap for this generation. Let us be the ones to say, I'm not going to stand by any longer. And it may just be you. It may be just for your family. I know there's families that are in in spiritual warfare, mom and dad. I just encourage you to get on your knees, seek the face of God, and get a vision from God for your family. And God, I believe God will show you exactly what you need to do. You got a rebellious child and 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 you're dealing with them, begin to pray for them like never before. Begin to spend some time in fasting and praying for them. Amen? Now, if you have kids... Young, little kids, you need to get the Word of God in them. So how often should I talk about it? Well, what does Deuteronomy say? Again and again and again and again. And then you know what? The kids go, I've heard that before. But are you doing it? How many are doing Doing the Word and hearing it is two different things. Mom and Dad, let me ask you this. Are you doing the Word also? Are you just telling them, if you're trying to tell your kids to do something that you're not doing, it doesn't work. If you tell your kids to get in the Word of God, they need to learn what the Word of God is, but you're not in the Word? Anybody, you still here? (laughs) 
This went a, a total different direction. But you know, not, not really, not really. I was heading this way. <laughs> but mom and dad, are you, ready, are you willing to stand, stand in the gap for your child? Are you willing to stand in the gap for your family? He said, I looked and I found no one. Found no one. Are you willing to say, my family's not going to be devoured by the enemy any longer? I'm standing my ground. I'm not giving up any more ground, but if anything, I'm taking ground. Because the word of God says, when Jesus said that he built his church and the gates of hell would not be able to hold it back. I'm going to snatch my kids from the flames. I'm going to snatch that daughter from the, uh, from the flames. I'm going to snatch them. And that's what Jude tells us. The book of Jude tells us we are to snatch them from the fire. If you've got a lost child today that doesn't know Christ and maybe their life's messed up, become that person who stands in the gap and says, okay, I'm not letting this happen any longer. You begin to snatch them from the flames through prayer. Snatch them from, God can work miracles in their hearts and lives. He's the only one that can change them. Amen? Church, we have a responsibility to the, this generation and the next generation to come. And I'd hate to know that when we, some of us died off, that we just, we lost that whole generation as they did in the, the book of Judges. But if we will invest now and let the, the word of God get in their hearts. And let the word of God, let them have, the, get them into an encounter with God. I want to tell you something. They can, they will be willing and able to pass it on to the next generation if God tarries. But moms and dads, it's time to take and begin to set the spiritual climate in your home. And only you can do that. Father, I thank you this morning. For the word to God that you've laid upon my heart. God, right now my kids are grown. They're serving you, Lord. But I, I've got grandkids that I pray for. I pray for Grafton. I pray for Lachlan. I pray for Addie. I pray for Bryce. I pray for Max and, and for Blake. I pray for them. I, God, that I want them to encounter you. I want them to have an encounter, God, that you would become real to them. God, not that they would go on my coattail, their moms and dads, but God, they need to have that personal relationship with you. And God, I pray this morning, I pray this morning for the, our church family here, all the kids that we have in, in ministry, in the nursery, different places. God, I want to just pray, God, and stand in the gap for our young people, Lord. I want them to encounter you. God, I want you to send revival, a mighty move of your spirit, oh God. That lives can be changed, oh God. That young men and young women would be in your presence, oh God. And God, their lives would be encountered by you, oh God. And it would become new and fresh to them, oh God. That it wouldn't just be, oh, that's mom and dad's thing they do. But God, they would know you. And God, know what it is to walk with you. And know what it is to hear your voice, oh God. God, would you send a revival? Would you send a move of God upon this church, oh God? that we could see young men and young women filled with the Spirit of God. See young men and young women being called into the ministry. Oh, God, would you bring a move of God that would set them ablaze, oh, God, for your glory. God, I ask it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Father, I pray, Lord, for moms and dads right now. God, help them to just have the boldness, God, to say, hey, my family's not going down this road any longer. We're changing things as of now. And mom and dad have the Holy Spirit boldness within them to stand their ground because they know they're fighting for an eternal soul. They're fighting for an eternal soul that the enemy would love to destroy because he came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he came to do. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And God, I just pray, Lord, these young people would know what it is to live in that abundant life because of you, Father. Because of you. Father, I pray for families right now that are in turmoil. God, the enemy's just been wreaking havoc over their lives. God, I pray, God, that mom and dad, they'd stand together and say, this stops today. It stops today. God, I just ask, God, that you do it. For only you can, Lord. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tower Hill NH. To give online, you can go to th.church giving. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.